On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Keep on rolling, baby. Aren't you that guy everybody hates? Oh, man, no. This is Tall Can Audio. <laughs> Follow along on Twitter at Tall Can Audio or at Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. Just do it! Off we go again, an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Matt Robinson here, Rob Christie over there. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you are subscribed wherever you're listening right now. It's been a hell of a weekend. We got a bunch of stuff to get to uh, as we sit here right now, actually. 1-0 Canada over the U.S. Uh, that'll obviously be in the past by the time you hear it, but uh, maybe while we're setting things up here, uh, I'll be intrigued to keep an eye on it. Maybe Rob will be good enough to, to pull that up on the score app. I got all our recording shit on my screen here. How are you doing today, man? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I've, I've now, I've been, you know, sequestered to my humble abode here for the entire weekend. Yeah. Um, A, because it's, you know, we're still kind of cold. It's but cold as balls. Yeah. A little better well, today, but. Although I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the old school. It feels like an old school Canadian winter. Now, maybe I'm enjoying it because I don't have to walk anywhere because I'm a <laughs> ne'er-do-well, you know, teenager or, right. or whatever else. But um, yeah, man, I, I, I enjoy uh, watching. Wa- I've been watching the CBC all day and, you know, pe- <laughs> that people- That is old school. Of, yeah. But I'm saying people, you know, breathing and talking and, it's, you know, it's, it's cold enough to see their breath and, yep. you know, ugly toques. Super back in vogue, you know, those tight ones from the seventies that maybe, uh, the crazy Canuck ski team would wear, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm loving the old school Canadian winter now here in Ottawa and, you know, for a three week period, the end of every January winter loot is usually on. So, you know, is it that, that early? The, yeah. It's always the last week in July and January. And the yes. First okay. Sorry. I thought you meant, I thought you said the last three weeks of January, but oh no, yeah. sorry. And so, you know that the cold snap's going to come to an end because there's always a thaw somewhere right around winter. Yeah, winter. turns the, the canal into slush and yeah. like just makes it all quite... Uh, so take heart, people. The, the end is coming. It's supposed to be above zero a couple of days this week. I see that on the long-range forecast. Another indication I'm getting old. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping a close eye on the History Channel and the Weather Network. That's, that's, what it, I, I was, I'm not sure if you and I were talking about they were they were... They released a report saying, you know, the top apps used by different generations, right? Okay, yeah. And and so the top app used, I swear to you, used by anybody under the age of 60, mm-hmm. and they break it down into, you know, you know, Gen Y, Gen X, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
all of them under the age of 50 or 60 is some sort of menstrual app. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought you were going to say some social media, some age is Facebook, some of us are Twitter, some are yeah. TikTok. Young, no, it's all yeah. cycle yeah. tracking. It's all cycle tracking. <laughs> Except for over 60, it's yeah. the weather network. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't in like Cosmo? Is this gender specific or? Yeah, well, I don't know. I know you're subscribed. I, I, I don't know where they got it from, but yeah. I, I was on the radio. I heard it. <laughs> so uh, I have no idea. I can't. I, I'm just, I take what I hear as fact. Yeah. And I now fire it out here as further fact because it's <laughs> sure. endorsed by me. Okay. What is that that, uh, that we're cracking into, man? Today is, uh, I'm, I'm keeping it local. Mm-hmm. I am... Moving back to the dark month, and you can hear me probably pouring it into a glass. We're relieved to know that's what we're hearing. Yeah, well, that's big flow, my friend, big flow. <laughs> um, I'm drinking what they call a cosmic latte from Beyond the Pale. Cosmic latte, all right. Yeah, now I'm pouring it into a glass, A, because it's a stout, and that's how civilized people traditionally drink it. Sure. But um, I'm really interested in getting a look at it, because... The description, you know, goes through all the, you know, the traditional stout things. Um, but it's it's brewed with exclusively blonde malts that you would get in a blonde ale. Right, okay. So it's it's a stout in at 6%, but I've poured it and it really, it's got a nice head. Well, it's actually got a... Mediocre head. Mediocre head. Yep. Um, Relatable. But it's blonde. Okay. It's very light, and, and right at this point, at, at first pour, it's it's hazy a bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it looks quite blonde for a stout, so I'm going to be interested, because, and it says in the description, but it's all about the stout life, you know, it it, it sort of, is, it's going to hit me with some Ethiopian bean and finish with a little cocoa, so I'm going to take a pull on this, It's it doesn't look like a stout, looks kind of like that white stout, I think there was a white stout in... Uh, in the calendar. In the calendar, but yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this is more stout than that. So I'll take a poll and let you know. Okay. Well, we'll move away from uh, Rob's cycle tracking and heavy flow sounds and however all that's tying together. And uh, I'm going to move here into a Munich lager from the uh, Brock Brewing Company down in Whitby, Brock Street Brewing Company down in Whitby. Um, I've had a couple things from there before. I don't think I've had this one. And uh, it's a 6% and a Munich lager typically just a little bit heavier, a little bit darker than a a standard, a standard lager. And it says here, um, it's got a little molasses cookies finish, a bit of a caramel to it, but a a creamy foamy head to it. So that's what we'll do here is, uh, it's actually been a lot from west of, uh, of Ottawa here lately. I've been into Madoc, I've been into Peterborough, I've been into Whitby a couple of times now. Uh, lots of stuff collected here, I guess, probably throughout the holiday season, maybe more than anything else. But yeah, we're doing the Munich lager from the Brock Street Brewing Company. Had the first pull on that treat you. I had to have a couple. Because I wouldn't shut up. Not, no, totally good. I kept smelling it and, you know, I'm not getting much in terms of the, the inhale or the, you know, the aroma, but, uh, it's, I'm not sure, Matt. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Have have you ever had one of those, um, beers with lactose or. Just finished one a little while ago. Okay. And you know how it kind of has that bit of that. And I, I hesitate to say it's got kind of a, almost a sour finish in the back of your mouth. I, I'm getting a bit of that here. Hmm. Um, 
It, it isn't... Uh, How long has it, it been in the fridge? Uh, since Christmas. <laughs> since All right, Christmas. That's, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, it's it's got a, it's got some room to go to grow on me. How about that? Right. I, I like what Beyond the Pale does. They're, yeah. they're traditional. They're traditional um, stout. You know the darkness. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of my go tos. Um, yeah. This this needs a, a wait as it as it warms a bit. But um, I'm not getting I'm not getting a pile of the stout vibe right at this moment. Right. What about you? This is. Um it's definitely sort of what I expected and sort of it being a, a little bit heavier of a lager. I'm not getting almost any of the caramel off it, they said. I am getting a bit of the molasses, so that's uh, fair enough. It's not bad. Um, certainly nothing wrong with it, but, um, you know, as you said, we'll, we'll kind of see as we go here. And sometimes as they warm up a little bit, you get a little more flavor out of them, right? So Yeah, that sounds like a couple of thumbs sideways right at this yep. moment. M- thumbs middle of the road. Yeah. I, it's I, better I, than where I, they normally are, so... Uh, We'll, uh, we'll roll on. Um, before we get into a couple things, a little business to take care of as uh, we're going to have a show. I know it's normally Thursday. We're going to push it ahead Wednesday morning this week. We'll have a, uh, a guest on the podcast. We want to make room before the Olympics start. But uh, on Wednesday morning, two-time Olympic gold medalist, a mitt full of world championships, and now a broadcaster on TSN, Cheryl Pounder is going to join Woo! us. Wednesday morning. That'll be uh, a good one. We've got plenty to talk to her about with the Olympics right there, plus her kind of transition into broadcasting. I myself, 20 years later, still have beef with what went down in Salt Lake City in 2002, the gold medal game there against the Americans. Canada shorthanded 11 times. I'm going to see if she's as fired up about it as I am. Uh, so lots to come there with, uh, with Cheryl Pounder on Wednesday morning. Uh, a week from Wednesday, I believe, we'll drop this. The timing may shift on this. Maddie Lang will be back. It'll be Super Bowl week. He'll get us going with uh, with that. And throughout the Olympics, schedule TBD, but uh, especially around the women's hockey, but the Olympics in general, our pal Shride is going to jump back on, do a couple midweek shows throughout the Olympics. Um, and so that's uh, going to happen. Like I said, I don't know the exact days yet, but, uh, but she has committed to a couple of shows throughout those few weeks, so... Lots of good stuff to come. Hope you will stick around for all of that, man. It's going to be a good couple of weeks. For sure. And and it's funny because you, you I was listening to, well, again, watching CBC News today. Yeah. Um, and, and a thing came on about opening ceremonies on Friday. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah it's, that's, it's pretty much right now. Yeah, it's that, that Olympic thing is happening like right now. Yeah. And it, it, honestly, I'm not sure about the good listener or you, Matt, but I know it's it's been there and talked about nonstop, right? NHL mm-hmm. participation, will they go, quarantines, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and yet it's just suddenly, it's always been like out there. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's now. Yeah, no, it's right on the doorstep. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, it's either, it's before the opening ceremony. I think it might be Wednesday night at 11, the Canadian women play their first hockey game. Um, so like it's right on top of us. Uh, but yeah, the, the buzz certainly seems to be down and there's a lot of other things going on. People have their minds on, on other things. And again, it's another Olympics on the other side of the goddamn world, which is, uh, probably going to be some late nights and early mornings, depending on what your, uh, what your fandom looks like. But yeah, it's, it's right on top of us. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a less hyped celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. If we're, if we're talking about, you know, you and I will keep an eye on the, the hockey on the men's and the women's side, but if it's not going to be the hockey, 
and uh, there's something going on. There's something that's going to make you stay up till 1230 or whatever to see a big final. What is the sport outside of hockey you'll be keeping an eye on during the Winter Olympics? Ooh, I hit, I, you know what? I, I got I to gotta tell you, I'm, I'm a sucker for the, the speed skating. Yes. Both short and long track. Yep. And, and you know what? It doesn't hurt that traditionally... We kill we at do, it. <laughs> we do well in both those. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's it's the only time I ever pay any attention to the figure skating. Right. Um, and again, you know, in teams and whatever else, we've we've done well. Mm-hmm. We've medaled in certain events. So uh, I am a bit of a traditionally a, an Olympic head. Yeah. Um, I am absolutely a illusion skeleton expert. <laughs> sure. Uh, what John a loser. Mon- John Montgomery and I are super tight. <laughs> Hasn't got back to me on those calls, but um, I'm sure he intends to. Obviously. Um, yeah, I like it all, but I, I would say the, the, the um, short and long track speed skating. What about you? It's the same, man. There's something about the, especially, like you said, the short track stuff, and especially when it's like the relays, where it's just pure chaos out there, yeah. and they're handing off the batons and whatever, and somebody goes down and takes out like six countries at the same time, and yeah. it, it's insane. But I have gotten more and more into the long track, especially, like, it's not like I've done it, and nor would I ever try, but as you grow to understand the pain, right, in the really oh. long races, and they're just trying to hold this stride, and you're looking at it going, it doesn't look that fast, but you're like, but he's been out there for yeah. 5,000 meters or whatever it's been, and you know the legs and the quads and everything are just burning um, yeah, it's the speed skating. There's, and, and part of it is, you know, I'm like you, I will watch some of the figure skating, but I don't know, like it's all judged. Right. But I enjoy checking some of it out. Whereas the speed skating, it's a race. If you can yeah. understand the clock or yeah. just who's in first, you go, okay, I, I see what's happening here. So it's easy to follow in that regard. No different than why the track events are so huge in, uh, in the yeah. Olympics. And, and let's be or honest, in the summer, I mean, any, any judged events, psh, get lost. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? It, you have no idea, and, and, and it came with the Pelche and Soleil, you know, that, yep. that whole thing came to, like, right there in our, in our face. It, mm. it's, it's absolutely happening. Um, and, and at least in, in, the, in the sprint events or the racing, the timed events, at least if you're going to dope, do it behind the scenes where, right. I can't, where I can't see, you know, whatever's happening. But if you look at, you're talking about the speed on the long track, and first of all, it's usually because that one arm is sort of casually, yeah. sw- is casually swinging. But when you look at those cameras at ice level. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. No, I know you're not suggesting that they're not working. <laughs> but it, but again, it's that kind of casual look. And it's the, the long and, stride. Yeah, that, and that yeah. foot coming over the front of the yeah. other one. And you're like, oh, okay. But yeah, man, you look at the quads on those athletes, yeah. period. Doesn't matter the gender. Huge, man. Like both of mine. Yeah. And, and they're just giving her, right? Yeah. And so... Um, and there's something to be said. I, I think the short track speed skating is really the forerunner of the X Games because it's like crazy mayhem. It is and crazy, how, man. And how can you like honestly? Every time you watch an event, you're like, "Oh my god, they were robbed!" <laughs> like every 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 time yes. through, it's like there's never a clean event. And well, you remember there was the Canadian athlete whose life was threatened in, in Korea, Korea in 2018 because a couple people went down and the Koreans are huge into the, the shore track. Like that's one of their huge sports. And like this woman needed protection for the rest of her time in Korea. Cause they were going to fucking offer man. Yeah. Well, and yeah, multiple death threats. And yeah. you're like, what is happening here? <laughs> yeah. 
so we're just days away, man. And, uh, you know, there will be some time. I, I thought going into Tokyo with COVID and everything, my interest would be dulled. And it was a little bit over the summer, but there were still events that would make you stay up late or get up early or whatever when the, uh, when I called for it. I'm sure this will end up being, uh, being the same way. This, this stout is growing on me. Yeah. I am not getting any kind of coffee or cocoa <laughs> from it. But it is, it is giving me more traditional stout vibes now. And, and I think it's one of those optical illusion things where I'm like, that doesn't look like a stout, therefore does not taste like a stout. Sure. No, I, I am I am getting more of that, just so you know. But it is super light in color. Mm. So um, prior to the show, Matt, I was, uh, while watching the soccer game slash listening to the soccer game, I was mm-hmm. perusing a little this day in music history, which okay. I, I occasionally do. Mm-hmm. And I came across, born today, your man, Phil Collins. My man, Phil Collins. Come on, man. I do enjoy a little Genesis probably, though, more than Phil Collins solo. Are you kidding kidding me? Who likes a Susudio more than you? (laughs) Okay. Hey, honestly, there's a... Fake news and misinformation, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, there was a while there where... You had a little uh, a little Phil Collins greatest hits going on in the uh, in the studio there quite regularly. Yeah, but again, I think it was Genesis, not Phil Collins. I think more than uh, I'm not trying to shy away from the complete idea. I'm just trying to kind of put it in the right context. Yeah. Well, I, and let's be honest. I think the line between Phil Collins, unless it's no jacket required, right? I, I, I think it blurs the lines between Genesis and. Like it's that Peter Gabriel departure and Phil Collins becomes the singer and it sort of gets a little, a little, a little haywire. To to me in my wheelhouse, it's, it's things like, um, invisible touch, right? It's, uh, it's tonight, tonight. It's, I can't dance. Like these are the sorts of, uh, Jesus, Jesus, he knows me, I think is the name of it. There's, I might be all on one album. take the wheel. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's something different. (laughs) And don't trust them, folks, because... Yeah, for sure. He'll be in the ditch. Uh, we got dicks like Jesus. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how Come that's going to... You know that's the opening of the show. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't tell me you don't know the lyric. Anyways, neither, neither here nor there. Okay. Um, but today, number one hit on this day in 1988, Matt? Invisible Touch. No, no. Like, hey, man, the guy was born today. You think that could, we could we could work on all that? No, right, right. Oh, Number so one, we're not off, we're off Phil Collins. We are totally off. He oh, was okay. born today. Well, help this me transition is, here, little man. It's music. Yeah, okay. It's all interchangeable. All right, but number one single today in 1988. 1988. Uh, children s- behave. That's what they say when we're together. Oh, no. I think we're alone now. I think we're alone now by <laughs> Tiffany. Perfect, Matt. Oh, I got time for that. That's a throwback. There is a, uh, a bootleg somewhere of a NoFX concert in some dingy little hall in, uh, in New York. Somewhere, and they do a cover of I Think We're Alone Now. And after the song, the lead singer, he's kind of up there. He's like, they always tell you, you know, this is the first time we've ever played New York City and say it's like a big deal and, and be careful because New York punks, like they will roast you if you're not right on your game. He goes, and I look around and here's a couple hundred New York punks all 
hands in the air. I think we're alone now. <laughs> Coming yeah. along with us. Like, fuck yeah. off. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll do whatever hey, we want up here. Right? <laughs> if you're feeling it, you're feeling it. Right. I think, I think you have to judge the vibe of the crowd. Yeah, man. Okay. 11 years later, Matt, more in your wheelhouse. 1999. On this day, number one single, starting a two-week run. Uh, let's say Rollin' by Limp Biscuit. Oh, I like it, Matt. <laughs> I like it. You know what time it is. <laughs> Keep on rolling, baby. Yeah, that's not it. It's another female artist. Okay. Probably Matt had a poster. High school, you know, high school Matt had a poster of this, maybe in a schoolgirl outfit up Ooh. on her wall. So it's, uh, it's Britney. Correct. Yeah. And uh, hit me, baby, one more time. You got it, man. Yeah, all right. There you go. I, I right. knew if I just, a little hook, lead you down. So Tiffany or Brittany, who do you like? Are we talking musically, Matt? No, we're not. <laughs> and we're talking in the moment that they hit number one. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to say um, neither. Okay. All right. I'm going to play that safe, Matt. Sure. Boo. Hey, well, I watched Beautiful Girls last night, the movie. Sure. It's um, not the it's website. Sort of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's sort of a '90s ensemble cast. Kind of. It's got Timothy Hutton. It's got Matt Dillon. It's got Mira Sorvino, Uma Thurman, just a bunch of people in it. But the Timothy Hutton character has sort of a. He's got a little crush. He's 27, I think, and he's got a little crush on a 13-year-old that lives next to his parents when he goes back to visit the house. And, That's going to be a problem. Yeah, and the 13-year-old is played by Natalie Portman. No, it's just, it's, 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 it's fun. Like, there's nothing, nothing happens. They just sport, sort of both have this mutual, you know, I, I recognize your value and you, you know, just, <laughs> but it's, it's nothing, there's nothing beyond that that happens, right? But it is, it is just this idea a 27 that, uh, and a 13 year old. Yeah. I, again, it, it, it sounds super creepy. It, yeah. Yeah, it does. But it, but it isn't in the movie. But anyways, <laughs> the, the, the okay. thing is, the, it, as it, as it goes through, it's, it's really, it's about five guys. And so. They all like 13 year olds. Or? No, no, none of them, none of the rest of them like 13 year olds. Okay. And really this guy doesn't. Although he does, I guess. Um, <laughs> but there's three guys. There's the three guys, and they're talking about. He's like, hey, you know, he, he just comes home. And he's like, hey, I haven't, you know, we've never met your fiance. And the, and the two other guys are like, so, so Raider. And he's like, I'm not raiding my fiance for you two douchebags. Right. And they're like, yeah, come on, come on, do it. Face, body, and personality. And so, <laughs> so, anyways, then it goes, okay, but we need to frame a reference. Like personality's third. <laughs> Okay, it's three guys. I got it, I got it, I got it. And so anyways, it it comes down to like, well, we need a point of reference. And so then they throw out a name, they go, okay, face is a, you know, a nine, and a, you know, body is a seven, personality is a two, or whatever. (laughs) And they're like, okay, well, hit me with another one. Like, okay, face is three, body is nine, and uh, personality six, right? They're like, okay, got it, right? So we can move forward now with this idea, like, oh, that seems so wrong. Yep. The but, old grading scale here. Yeah, but it's, you know, the old butterface. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of this movie, Beautiful Girls. I like it. It's, it's, what's great. the, what's the rating? Like PG, uh, R. Yeah, it, would be, it would be adult accompaniment, I yeah. think. Yeah, okay. Accompaniment. 
Yeah, no, Much it's like the it's thirteen really, year old girl. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell's in it. It's it's not um <laughs> Oh, you're not selling me anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it's the it's really it's the um it's it's based around the five guys. Michael Rappaport, he plays he's a jam. Yeah, okay. He's a beaut in it. Um but anyways, it's worth a view. It's a little dated. Mm-hmm. Um but uh worth a view. And it just it came to it as you were talking about uh that older, younger thing that you were, or rating, or right, you know, who would just you? picking like, Tiffany, uh, Brittany, and I'm like, yeah. Ah, you know what? Ah, it feels. Uh, maybe it's I'm too close on the heels of watching it last Could night. Be, going, yeah. I don't know, man. I can't. I can't get involved in that because I think. I think when Brittany released that, she was only like 16. Wouldn't have been much older than that if she was, because she was coming off the the Mickey Mouse Club run, right. and yeah, that was which which may have actually been my segue when when I went. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say neither to both. All right, raise a hand. But there Ro- we are, Rosie O'Donnell. Speaking of things that are large, loud, and irritating, uh, it's not been a great weekend in the nation's capital, and um, we've seen the downtown core. Look, we don't have to explain this. I'm sure to most people, but the downtown core has been completely taken over by protesters. You and I have both, uh, you certainly longer than me, but have lived here long enough that we've seen many a protest take over Capitol Hill. That in and of itself is not particularly novel. Uh, the thing that I suppose would be interesting about this one is they, they brought horns and that seems to be the extent of the thought that this was given, we're just going to show up for a weekend and, and honk our horns. And they have followed through on that. They have done that uh, very loud for the entire duration, which as we sit here right now is still going on. Uh, the crowd swelled yesterday, a Saturday afternoon, by all accounts, late afternoon to probably somewhere between eight and 10,000 people. Um, it shrunk back down big time on Sunday morning, but did start to swell again on Sunday afternoon, but nowhere near back to the original size. Uh, police are looking at how they're going to start to empty this thing out uh, as Sunday rolls on. And there will be a lot of people who were here for the weekend and that will go home. But there are others who swear they're not here or they're not leaving till their demands have been met. And uh, I guess they're here to overthrow it democratically elected government or something. I, I don't totally follow all of the demands that are here. One is that Justin steps down. All COVID mandates be uh, be rescinded. Look, this has been a bit of a shit show, man. And I thought on Friday it was kind of cute. It was worthy of pointing and laughing at a little bit. And as these things often do, it grew through the weekend to be something that wasn't funny anymore. Um, there's a hundred notes I got here. There's a hundred places we could go. Why don't you start us off? And what's your takeaway from truck stock 2022 here in the nation's capital? Yeah, I used to work for years and years. I worked mm, three blocks, like directly when you're looking at center block. Yeah. I worked three blocks directly down the street from there. So when there was a protest, usually whatever it was, I would like to, you know, wander up after work or whatever and check the pulse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to varying degrees, not to participate, but just to sort of check it out, right? Just walk around, see what what is happening. Um, mostly totally fine people, anti-abortion people, 
you know, um, climate people uh, hoping for, you know, um, legalizing pot. That was forever. Uh, LGBT stuff. Yep. Yep. And, and now the only time I ever felt, um, unsafe maybe, or I'm not sure what's going to happen here was the, uh, the big Tamil, the, uh, Sri Lankan Tamil protest. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're talking 10, 12 years ago. Um, that felt like it may turn ugly, um, but I, I'm good, and I'm sure you are too, Matt. I'm good with the idea of protesting, mm-hmm. peacefully protesting. Absolutely, your your democratic ick, you know. <laughs> Sorry, as I was working through it, that's your choice, right? Sure. You have that right. Yep. And um, and I I totally in, endorse you doing that. Um, you want to call it a, a, a free Canada or a freedom Canada or Canada freedom protest, whatever. Um, it's all the shit that goes with it that I, I just sort of go, oh, you know what? You need to root that shit out. You know, your swastikas, your Confederate flags, you know, your... Uh, I, I'm watching a guy, I'm watching on CBC today and, and they have live footage and there's a guy walking by and he's like peaceful protest peaceful protest that's what we're doing here but he's flying the canadian flag upside down yeah which what for are people who are unfamiliar is an internationally known symbol of distress dates back to early nautical whatever you see a ship if it's flying its flag upside down it's in trouble uh, and so now it's become this very easy cliched thing to do. You've seen the American flag flown upside down. You've seen the British flag flown upside down. Although that one's harder to recognize upside down. Um, it's, it's a bit of a cliche. Hey, look, the, the flag's upside down. I'm saying our country's in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. And, and, and so it comes down to, and I know Matt, and, and I think probably the two of us are going to differ on this. Um, there's a lot of publicity to what's happening at, what happened at the cenotaph, what's happened with the Terry Fox statue. Uh, that's wrong. And those people should be charged. Um, the shit that went down at the Rito center in terms of unmasked, um, the vast majority of these people, whether their views are right or wrong, have been peaceful. Right. And I think what makes this novel is the presence of the vast amount of trucks Mm -hmm. blocking all the arteries to the downtown core which will be interesting to see what happens this morning right as as work fires back up and and that is an absolute main artery for uh, cross city transit right through that area um yeah i i just think it's it's fine to protest Mm -hmm. it's fine to protest but you got to keep your shit tight and you have to root out ignorance in your ranks. And I think that's where maybe this protest has gone sideways. One of the things that I take away from this weekend is what I believe to be a sort of odd separation in terms of what people who, who don't live in Ottawa think of the city and what people who do think of the city and maybe this is a little odd man but there seems to be this picture that the nation's capital is this thing that i go and protest at 
but I don't consider the fact that it's also a city of a million people who live here, right? Like it's, it's not this separated thing where I can go and, and, you know, protest whatever on Parliament Hill and, and that's where I go do my legally permitted and, you know, all these, like, it's all fine to protest. But I don't think people consider the fact that it's also somebody's home. Like, in some cases, literally right across the street from Parliament Hill. And I do have a little bit of time for the argument that some protesters have made that if you buy a home across the street from Parliament Hill, there are a lot of protests there. Things yeah. happen here, right? And not even protests. Canada Day happens here and fireworks. And, you know, on Christmas, there's crowds. And there is something to that. And I, I am fine with that idea. But there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect with... I'm going to the capital, and so I don't have to have any respect for the residents of the city of Ottawa, if that makes any sort of... You can't lay on your horn until two in the goddamn morning in front of a condo building. Like, that's take, that's not... pro. Who do you think you are protesting at that point? Especially when you showed up here... The parliament buildings are under construction right now, plus COVID has most people working from home, plus it was a Saturday... You showed up to irritate the the people who live in Ottawa is sort of all that's happened here, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, it does seem weird that you would show up on a Saturday when right. when there is nothing happening. Like, right. And things are supposed to open up today. The 31st of January is when things are supposed to go I by. wonder cynically, did they all roll out of here Monday? We did it knowing it was already scheduled that a bunch of restrictions were being lifted and <laughs> yeah well and, and and the thing is here and, and and again we'll come back to exactly what what you're talking yep. about but it there is this has become the vaccine mandate for cross border truckers mm-hmm. that I, I'm I'm not this this I'm gonna free Canada from this tyranny. Yes that the Americans still require you to have on the other side of the border. You're, I'm not- you're pissed at Justin for not letting you back into Canada <laughs> from a country that won't take you anyway. Right. Like you can't go. This, this started as a trucker thing. It's not a trucker. This is an anti-Trudeau thing. It's become an absolute lightning rod for people who don't like shutdowns, who don't like, you know, all these, every problem. You have, like when you listen to truckers on their way here and they're stopping in Manitoba or whatever, and the guy's like, yeah, it's got to be an end to all of it, everything. Mm-hmm. And you're like, everything? Like, what do you mean everything? Right? You, you just want to crack open the doors, let them all fly? Yes. You, and so to me, this more than anything, it may have started, when you have 90% of truckers supposedly fully vaccinated. Canadian Trucking Alliance has disavowed this, it wants no part of this, like it's the main uh, lobby group for the trucking industry, the unions, that no, they want no part of this. So the reality is, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you can still truck yep. in Canada. Domestically. So nobody's taking your livelihood away. Nope. And when you listen to jackass conservative MPs who want to come out here and say, oh, we love truckers, truckers who put food on your table, who do all these things for you, who keep the economy rolling. Yep. We're not against truckers. Nobody's against truckers. 
And again, I think that was as of Thursday and Friday, and you have Aaron O'Toole out handing coffee on out, yep. you know, handing coffee on 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 Saturday. This is not the kind of shit that you want to jump on as a as a political commercial because again, like so many things that happen with the Conservative Party, that's gonna bite you right in the ass. Well, Mike Cooper, the MP from Edmonton, um, was caught on. He, he was giving freely an interview to CBC. And as I'm watching it, yeah, I largely disagree with him, but whatever. He's out here. I'm greeting these people. He has no idea in the background that there is a Canadian flag with a swastika on it, waving back and forth behind him. He doesn't know that. He's not there to endorse the swastika. Right. But you're out of your mind if you think that's not going to be in every commercial come election time that, hey, right. there's Mike Cooper standing there with a swastika in the background, freely handing out coffees. You got to oh, know that this is what this is going to turn into. And and it's not even fair to call this a trucker thing. And I've gotten a couple of mentions or whatever, some case listeners, some cases just people who like we have truckers. Truckers love podcasts, man. Obviously, you're killing of a lot of we understand that 90% of you are still out there doing your job. Unfortunately, this was never about truckers. It was organized by a, a group called Canada Unity, uh, run by a guy named Pat King, or he's at least a part of it. Yep. And these extremists, which is who these people are, you can go to Canada Unity's website and their Facebook group. You can see the memorandum of understanding that they've prepared that says they are not leaving until... Uh, the new governor general, um, Simon, helps them remove this unlawful government. Yeah. Well, do you really believe that's going to happen? And so they never have a chance in hell of getting that particular message sent or that audience on their own. You have to take, you have to pick a moment. You have to pick a time when people are fed up. And I don't know about you, man. I'm fed up. I'm sick of the pandemic. I'm sick of not being able to go do whatever I want, whenever I want. Like, I'm as tired of this as anybody else, but you have to find people who are ready to kind of break over it. You pick the truckers. Now you they're a sympathetic figure. You work in with them. They bring their trucks. It draws a pile of attention because 8,000 people in downtown Ottawa is just not that. It's kind of a medium-sized protest in Ottawa. The difference is, as you said, the trucks. It draws a pile of attention, and now it's there. Now you've given these extremists cover, right? And you've given them a sympathetic face to ride in on the back of, and they can take over from there, man. And this is not uncommon. This is the playbook. We see it time after time after time. And this is now not about truckers. This is about every complaint that people have in the world right now and just wanting an outlet to spew it. And you have the right to do that. You have the right to protest. You don't have the right to piss on the cenotaph. You don't have the right to wave. Man, seeing a Nazi flag on Parliament Hill was jarring. Yep. Like, just the imagery. I don't believe by any stretch of the imagination that everyone there is a Nazi. No. But when you see that waving around and no one's stopping those people... Yep. They're being given cover by this larger group. And just to see that flag, to see the swastika on the Canadian flag, man, it's upsetting. It's jarring that, that yeah. we're watching this happen. And, and, and really, as I said to you, for the most part, very peaceful protest. Very peaceful protest. Mm -hmm. but, but you have to root that shit out. And but that's, that's exactly my point. 
you haven't rooted out because it's yeah. organized by them. Like I, I saw the, the the comparison was me, like a lot of people, point out that when the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, there were bad actors. There are people who show up there and start shit and start breaking things and paint the whole thing as as you know something to be stopped something to be feared something that needs to be shut down right. and you have to be careful not to paint this group in the same like by just its fringes the difference is who organized it follow the money follow yeah. who started this and that's why this one is a lot harder to peel away from it because at its core yeah. this was organized by not so good people right and and we we are both on the same page on that right and you have to, you have to separate yourself from that. And, and at that point, I don't care who organizes it. If you're there, you either have to leave or you have to pull that down. Yep. You show up and, to a party flying a Nazi flag, you should probably just leave that party. Right. And, and what do you think happens midday Friday last week when, when everyone starts to roll into town and you have, you have a truck flying the battle flag of Virginia, right? Mm -hmm. Also known as the Confederate flag. Yep. Um, Which has no history in Canada. Right. What do you, It's here what, to show I hate minorities is all it means. And, and, and you are grabbing, that is a photo grab. Yep. That is, that is everywhere. And, and that shouts loud and clear. And, and again, you'll have people, military historians who say, yeah, that's not what that means. I know. Okay. That's what anyways, it means here. Yeah, okay, uh, you didn't let me finish. No, I didn't. Because that's exactly what I'm saying yeah. is, yeah, we understand what the battle flag of Virginia is, but it has become something else Yes. for that. Everybody sees that now, and whether it's on the state flag of Mississippi or wherever it is, and it's a symbol of something else entirely. Whether you like it or not, that's what it is to the vast majority of people. Right. And so when you fly that, you are flying that knowingly that it's going to be received in a certain way. So let's say 80, 90% of the people at this protest want no part of the Confederate flag. It is on you to understand that this is now co-opting what you thought you were here to do. And we're you need... Relief. Right. Take it down, like insist that that come down, or you got to go, or you yeah. will end up like Mike Cooper, Edmonton MP, with that photo forever now attached to you. You showed yeah. up, this is in the background, and you better believe that every one of his political opponents fairly is going to run that photo. Going, you should have known. You gotta know what this thing is and what it's gonna turn into. And uh, regardless of, of political affiliation, regardless of what... you. Like these people showing up and saying the 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 homeless shelter there, or the uh, good hope. yeah the soup kitchen, you have to feed us because no one else will. Bullshit! They yeah. will feed you if you put on a mat. Like you don't even understand the rules. You're here to protest. Yeah. Where yeah, did you think you were gonna? There's a law. It's downtown Ottawa. There are grocery stores and convenience stores. Any one of them will be happy to take your business if you put on a mask. You won't, so you show up to a soup kitchen and harass those people. Fuck you. Like that's gross, man. Yeah. Okay. And and it's like them having to shut down the Rito Center, which is what we referenced, yeah. which is only two blocks 
And for those not local, it's a giant shopping center. Yeah, right by Parliament Hill. And it was getting overflowed with people without masks. They couldn't keep control of it. And so they were closed. So all these mandates you want to see lifted, you just close to these businesses. Like you forced them to close. Yeah. And and that that. is, okay. And and that has been the absolute issue from the beginning, right? We want, we want freedom, but yet 90%, 82% of Canadians over the age of five are fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. 82%. 87% of of truckers. (laughs) Yeah, and so all I'm saying is the vast majority of people yes. agree with this. So what you, the very small major- minority, are saying is we don't give a fuck about that. I want this my freedom. I want. want what I want. Yeah, well, the reality is you can have your freedom. It just comes with some uh, limitations, right? Just you don't get to, you don't get to do everything you want. You can you can be free. Mm-hmm. Go and do whatever you want elsewhere. Right. These are the rules here. Like they, they were interviewing a, a trucker who said, who the, the CBC reporter said to him, well, what do you think about the people urinating on the war memorial or defacing the Terry Fox statue, you know? And he's saying, well, that's kind of a pro and a con. Oh, I he's saw like, this guy. I fucking hated that guy. <laughs> and he's like, how is that a pro? And he's like, well... In a democracy, you you have the right to make bad decisions. Yeah, you have the right to make bad decisions. You do not have the right to break the law. No, no. You idiot. And and if that's going to be the mouth-breathing spokesperson for your movement, who doesn't even understand those very basic things, you're breaking the law. You're breaking the law. That's not protesting. That's not just making bad decisions like, hey, man, I ate McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's a bad decision. Right. You'll find out tomorrow morning. Yeah. Or when your cholesterol gets done. (laughs) You're breaking the law. Those are not bad decisions. Those are universally accepted things that you know you were not supposed to do. Right. And so this is the thing that... uh, we're seeing photos taken this morning, Sunday morning, as we sit here and record this, of people who have showed up overnight when things, you know, had quieted down and literally pissed on the, the war memorial, the, the cenotaph. We saw a video of people dancing on the tomb of the unknown soldier and stomping on. You saw people with an upside down flag, like I said, the symbol of distress and a bunch of anti-vax stuff on the Terry Fox soldier. These are, or, um, statue. statue. These are things that are not protesting. These are things meant to antagonize. You're right. in, and, and the people of Ottawa that live here understand that part of living here is protests. Like you said, you worked very close to it. I, for a time, was downtown at the... It, there was plenty of Fridays that you have to make your way through whatever's going on. And that is part, those sorts of things are antagonistic. You are not trying to protest. You are trying to upset people and mission goddamn accomplished. We're sitting here recording as um, the semifinals in the NFL playoffs are going on. Bunch of LCBOs were closed today because it wasn't safe for the staff. You think people are happy in the freezing cold? It's a big day in sports and people can't go get something to sip on. Like all of this comes with a price, right? And and yeah, if you're going to show up and disrupt a, a soup kitchen, which God love you, Ottawa 
their website crashed because so many people started donating today. Um, the Shepherd's Good Hope there in, in Ottawa. Um, people are, and I, I, let me shout out because it's going on all week. If you happen to hear this and you're in the area, Need a Beer is donating a dollar from every pint they sell this week to Shepherds of Good Hope Ottawa. So if you're looking for a craft pint this week, maybe a good time to try Nita if you haven't yet. But you can't, you can't just show up, expect, like when you're already this big of a minority, like you said, most of the country and an overwhelming majority has already gone and gotten vaccinated is we're all fed up, but we're fed up with the virus, not the things you have to do to control it. I, I've questioned both the Trudeau and Ford government on decisions they've made, but this isn't the way you solve it. And when you roll into Ottawa to protest, like I said, this is where the disconnect happens. If you're pissing on the cenotaph and doing whatever to the Terry Fox thing and harassing soup kitchens, that's not against Trudeau. You are now antagonizing the people of Ottawa and and frankly, a lot of Canadians, and you're going to have a hard time finding any goddamn support at that point. Yep. 100% true. And, and those people, yeah, you, again, I can't say it enough, right? They have to be separated from this. And, and again, I agree with what you said earlier in the fact that, yeah, it's nice. I want to buy a condo right downtown. Sure. Nice right? status it, symbol. And, yeah, and, yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's all these great things location. and, and the, the, the view is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But you have to understand. So the people right in that vicinity, Hey, you get what you paid for, but the people in lower town. No, that's or, not, no. Your Friday afternoon commute is going to be rough. You're whatever. Two in the morning, constant yeah, air yeah, horns yeah, yeah. honking. Fuck yeah. that. You I, didn't I, sign I, up for I'm that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about as it spreads out from there. It really didn't. Right? <laughs> when you when you get into down further and 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 you have residential neighborhoods with with trucks on the sidewalks, those people for sure did not. They don't have the beautiful vista of the Parliament buildings, okay? But they are still being inundated with the bullshit that comes with this. You know, those are the things that, that I, you have to separate. Yeah, your condo, two blocks from it, too bad, man. Sorry. I See, I disagree with that. I, I know. Until two in the morning, I have to put up with that? No, I don't. Like, well, okay, so any but, other protest, look, it circles all the way back to the extremists leading this thing. If they didn't have the trucks, we've seen crazy far-right shit, and it's normally like 40 people, someone's got an air horn, and everyone just ignores them. And they know that. So you had to make noise here. And I, I guess we got a bunch of people who are willing to show up and go, honk, I'm being oppressed. Beep. I don't want to follow the rules. Good for you, man. And until whatever, 9, 10, 11, midnight, got to put up with that. At two or three in the morning, someone's got to shut that shit up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That to me is a separate thing altogether. It's not. That's You're saying the people who have bought the Vista condo at Parliament Hill should have to tolerate that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that then behooves bylaw or whoever it is yeah. to go and say, yeah, this is it, man. You're ticketed. See you at 9 a.m. You can start again. Yeah. No, no. I, there, you still have to adhere. If you want to be, and we've talked about this from the beginning, peaceful. Okay. And, and I agree with you. I wasn't talking about the 2 a.m. shit. But that is, in terms of peaceful, who, and you've mentioned earlier, who are you protesting right. against? That's the disconnect between the idea of the capital and the city of Ottawa. 
So I agree to an extent when you buy on Wellington, a nice condo that you're going to see some shit, right? It's not always going to be perfect, but there is a limit. And at 2 a.m. in front of an empty parliament building on Saturday night, you are not protesting Justin. You're just irritating the residents of Ottawa. Correct. Yeah. Well, it's, and I don't know where this goes now. Like some of them said they ain't leaving till Justin steps down so they could be here a while because I don't like the odds of that happening. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, we've talked, we've sort of moved around it and over it. It absolutely comes down to. Yeah, uh, there's been governments in this country. I never voted for Harper, right? Yeah, he was the prime minister, mm-hmm. and it's and it's funny because and this is this goes to a larger discussion. I was um, I was listening something to, and I think the guy's name is Stephen. His last name is Marsh. Anyways, he did a book on on the uh, inevitability of the second American Civil War. Canadian author mm. writing this book timely. Not just, yeah, not just when it's going to happen, not just if it's going to happen, but when it's going to yeah. happen. Um, and so he was talking with the with the host, and it was a CTV or CBC, I can't remember. They then brought on three Americans. One was a Republican congressman, one was a uh, university professor, and I I can't remember who the other guy was. Yeah. The Republican guy came on, and and he was just babbling, and 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 he was talking about you know the Democrats need to get their house in order. And he's like, and you people in Canada, you know, you, you know, you have Quebec separatists and you have Western separatists, you know, you need to get, you know, you can't be getting involved in our business, which I totally kind of yep. get, right? Keep your own shit tight. Sure. But, but the author came back and what he said was, yeah, you're right. My house is Canada, but your house is not red or blue. Your house is the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And you need to start looking at that as your house. Not just I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, or I'm whatever you are becoming in this country, which is becoming further divisive all the time. Once you start looking at you are different than me because you vote conservative and I vote liberal or NDP or green, whatever it is, you have to start looking at yourself as a Canadian. And so to me, yeah, I didn't vote for Harper. He was our prime minister. Yes. That's how it goes. That is, hey, guess what, man? In a democracy, I vote for my guy and you go, oh, I didn't work, but I'm, I'm going to voice my opinion. I will protest if I have to. Mm-hmm. And I will wait and I will use my voice again in the next election. And I'll work harder if I have to. But that is the whole idea. Don't look at it as so divisive as you were different. We're all Canadians. One of the things I wonder as you say that, and there was a time, if I'm being honest, there was a time I voted for Harper. We had come through the, uh, um, the big recession. And I don't remember what year the election was, 2010, 2011, whatever it would have been the last time Harper won. And I watched the debates and I can't remember whether this was, uh, Ignatieff or whatever, who was the liberal leader. Um, and it was just embarrassing. And yeah. Canada, better than most countries, had kept its head above water yep. through this thing. And I kind of went, this is the only guy who looks to yep. me to be like a leader and he's done an okay thing, a uh, job handling it. And so he had my vote or the conservatives did in that election. Now, by the time that term was up, it was time for him to go in my opinion. And we had bigger or different issues and he was not the guy to lead us through those issues anymore. 
Um, but we stopped seeing this sort of, like, I, I think that idea is dying. Like people are very much locked into this is my team forever. And even after I, I, you've mentioned being at protests and stuff like that. I can't imagine now showing up to a protest with a sign that just says fuck Harper. And you saw piles of signs that just said fuck Trudeau this weekend. Well, what did you communicate other than, I guess you don't like Trudeau or you very much like right. him and would like to fuck Trudeau. There's, we've lost yeah. a certain ability to, <laughs> to, yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe I've missed the point, yeah. right? Like, Come on, Matt. Honestly, <laughs> it's possible. Guys, the guy's wearing cut-off jean shorts and army boots, but... Maybe hey. that's what it, uh, it could be. But there's a certain, like, I don't know that you owe a, primi- a prime minister your, like, endless devotion or things like that, but I don't know. Like, at some point, is this where we are now? Like, that's all I got to say is I'm just here because I don't like that guy. Uh, well, and, and really, it comes down to... That, that is, what you have described is exactly how it is. There was a time early in the 2000s when um, the Conservatives under Harper were talking about putting money into the Canadian military, right? Mm-hmm. A, a huge lag in equipment and outdated stuff. And, and you're like, yeah, we have we have troops going to UN missions with helicopters and ships from like the Korean War. Right. And so at that point, I'm like, yes, guy. You, you have my attention. You have my attention. Exactly. You were doing this. It's it's sad that he didn't get my full attention because he was taking money away from science yes. and medical research yep. and the arts to do that. But what you're describing is what an open and free democracy is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want, I want to vote the best guy. Right. I want to vote who is the best person to lead this. And and the, the reason you gave, yeah, a global recession and Canada manages to keep its head above water. That's the exact reason you put somebody in, right? right? Whereas I heard something today where, you know, Aaron O'Toole can't keep his shit together in his own party. You can't run your own party. How can I ever expect you to run the country? It's odd that that's the part where I sympathize with him the most is that 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 right wing right now is is got a, a wing of it that is just completely crazy as shit, detached from reality, and he needs their vote to win. And so he yep. almost has to sort of ignore the the closer to middle right, the your your more traditional conservative that just wants to be fiscally responsible and whatever and go, okay, yeah, but we're also going to invite in the crazy fuckers because we need their votes too. And it's hard to keep both of those things in check. And him standing out there handing out coffees is probably not going to age well, especially with what ended up happening later in the weekend, which was pretty easily predictable, right? Yeah. To see him stand there and go, these people have come to Ottawa to be heard. I'm going to go out and I'm going to hear them. Like, like this is the only way, like you couldn't have gone and done a series of town halls or like they got to bring their big rigs to be heard. Like, uh, it, it comes down to, you look at a guy like Aaron O'Toole, who goes, in order to win the leadership, I got to run hard to the right. Yeah, I got to get the crazies. I got I to, I have to include everybody in this. But then really, when you listen to him speak, he speaks more like a, a red Tory, like a, a, a conservative, more in the central. Centrist, yeah. Part of the, of, of the party. Yep. And you go, that is 
And then the rest of the party's like, fuck that guy. Yeah. I hate that guy. Yeah. See what he did to me? And so it's it's never gonna work, but it's such a it's such a polluted thing, right? That you you need to have you let your Berniers have that far right side. Yeah. Sorry, man, you're out there on your own. Join that party. But the CPC can't win without them. This country is moving left. And this well, is somebody somebody said today that they're like they're talked about. They talked about the uh, Preston Manning and the the reform the reformers, <laughs> right? And then you had the the, the progressive conservatives, right? Yeah. The old PCs, right? Yeah. And Harper doubling back to him, saying, "If we don't unite, Canada becomes a one party system with the Liberals winning all the time because the right side of the vote is fractured between reform and PC." Mm-hmm. Well. And again, you're now in that spot again, right? Where you're going to, you're looking at, you can't, you can't, you can't get together as a party. And if you, if you do split, you're spot on that. The liberals rule forever. Well, but even without that, and that is correct, obviously, but the left is already fractured, right? Like anytime the people want to go, well, the conservatives won the popular vote and you go, the right hasn't won the popular vote in 25 years in this country. When you... If you want to do that, if you want to Americanize it and go just left versus right, you add the liberals and the NDPs together, it's not even close anymore. Like the country is shifting left. And so the right, your average, like decent, like just wants to be fiscally responsible, do traditional conservative things. He's being drowned out because the conservative party have to drag their claw way out there to sweep in the 'er ne'er-do-wells that no one really wants, but... You know, that just to get those votes, they need to keep dragging that in because otherwise they got no shot anymore. And they just, they need to modernize somehow. Like, quite frankly, the liberals are further right than a lot of liberals want to be, right? Like, it's it's pretty center at this point. It's just harder to paint it that way or picture it that way right. when you see how far right the picture actually goes. Well, because you do have, uh, on the on the left side... You have the greens. You got your greens and your, yeah. And the NDPs. And and so exactly. And 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 really, to me, we talked about this before. You, you end up with getting too many parties. But we, I know we've now gone off, right. off, yeah. off, yep. off the point. But it is a, it is a sketchy political spectrum here. And, and to me, anything out on the, on the fringes. Yeah. Okay. You know what? You, as long as you stay within your legal rights, your charter rights, mm-hmm. you're fine. Whatever. Do, do and say what you want within your charter rights, within my charter rights. I made the mistake of of engaging with a few people here on Twitter about this over the weekend, of course. And one was an American who told me I didn't understand freedom because Canada, and I don't have free speech because Canada doesn't have the First Amendment. I said, could yeah. you like well, fuck your hat? I said, could you like elaborate on? I, like, I don't even know where to start with that. Of course, we don't have the first amendment. We don't have the American Constitution, and you thus, dumbass. and thus, we did not amend things in the same order. Like, I don't know how to. I don't even know how to answer. Like, we don't have your Constitution, so no, we don't have the First Amendment to it. And we, ah, then you're not free, and you can't. Okay, we have a charter, right? Yeah, but it's not the. No, you're right. It's not the. I'm carrying on, right? Got to go, man. <laughs> like, this yeah. was this was enlightening. Um, 
where do you see as we kind of pull this back to what's happening right now downtown and things no doubt have changed a couple times as we've sat here. Do you expect Monday morning that the hardcores are still going to be sitting there or does this peter out and they go home with their tail between their legs? Uh, Like, what do you think? How does this end? Or is this one that that sticks around for a while? I think the hardcores are still here this morning, right? And and as you've said, we are... We are recording this on a Sunday evening. Um, yeah, I think the, I think the nine to fivers. Are yeah, your absolute, average guy who showed up to support, he's gone back to work. He's got shit he, to do. He's well. This is it. There's there's shit to be done, and and away you go. But yeah, there'll be people. There'll be there'll be the the minority and the more fringe in your element. I think this is the that problem. We, They're not used to being the minority. They don't care for minorities. Most of them, man, the ones that are going to be left here. Yeah. No, this, this is <laughs> uncomfortable and, and it, with minorities, especially yeah. being one. But yeah, you are now on a, yeah, you get towed. You get, I have no idea. It, it is the absolute wild card here. How yep. long this runs out. Um, the vast majority go home, go back. They, they, they said 50,000 trucks and 1.4 million people were coming. <laughs> Seems sorry. They said 50,000 trucks and 1.4 million people were coming. That is that, that same guy you were talking about. I think his name was Mike Johnson, the trucker on, on, uh, that you heard talking. He's like, what is there? 2.3 million people. Yes. And you're like, no, doubled the city's population. (laughs) Well, yeah, we have a million here. And are you telling me 1.3 showed up here when there's 10,000 people on Parliament Hill? Um, there's somebody you know, I know on Facebook who took their kids to someone I went to college with, took their kids to the side of the highway to watch them go by. Cause they were supporting this thing. Okay. Yep. Fine. And went live. Look, see how many people are here. Look at all this. Like they, this is not a fringe group. Okay. Whatever. And like an hour or two or three later, they posted another video and they are downtown Ottawa at the parliament buildings. My family told me I was crazy to come here. I'd never get anywhere near it. I'm telling you, I look around, there are hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of people here. Like, do you hear yourself? Like, you managed to get this close with no problem, just walked right <laughs> up. But yet there are hundreds of thousands or millions of people here. Are you serious right now? Yeah. And just, there's no grasp oh. of... Uh, I, I, it's, it's so detached. Man, I'm from... gonna tell you, I was I was down there when uh, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, me too. Was, was last 2014, year. 2010, 20 something like that. Yeah. Okay, then I was here. I was down there when she was here around 07, 08, because my son was super young. I, I she was I, definitely I, here in 2010, and I was at Canada Day for that. Okay, yeah. maybe it was 2010 then. Yeah. But I remember my son being freaked out because we were two <laughs> blocks from from. From Parliament mm-hmm. Hill, coming up, and and it was so tight. Yeah, it was like bodies pressed against bodies. It was so, and and that's two blocks away. Yes, they were talking at that point of there being a hundred thousand people in the downtown core. Right, <laughs> these things are nothing no. like that. And, and they're so they're clearing a half a block. So they are going to fairways wet, but again, it's the trucks. It's not the people. Like yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's, yeah, you got, you got to take a step back and really evaluate the whole thing. 
All right, man. Unless you got anything else on this, I, like I think your your central point is correct as, as far as the the way this goes. That there isn't. It's harder for a party like this or a protest like this to distance itself from the really crazy shit, and it's the crazy shit that that has pissed the people of Ottawa off. Like that, you got to go now, right? Like you're, we're done with your central protest because you couldn't be bothered to, I don't know, not piss on the cenotaph. Like, I guess that was, you're going to have to wear that if that's part of your group, right? And yep, it's hard as we move off it. And you will be, you should be charged. We'll see how that, that's going to be, you know, one of the, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I have sympathy as somebody with the smallest bladder in the world. (laughs) And one of the largest zests for beer, right? I've been all over the world, and I've had to piss in public all over the world. Like, right, honestly, at at the foot of the Eiffel Tower, outside, on one of those big blocks, propping it up. (coughs) I I don't mean any disrespect to your national monument. I just have to pee somewhere. So I have a little sympathy for those people, but... You can find find better places, is really all I'm saying. Well, and that's the... I sort of, I hate it, but because you didn't prepare, I understand you're probably going to piss in some snowbanks. You went out of your way to piss on the cenotaph. Uh, No, I I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, um, To me, where I pissed by the Eiffel Tower was, it was the most secluded spot that I could find. (laughs) Um, You're you're making a point to do it this way, right? Yeah. For you to be out in the open, and it's very out in the open. Yep. And it is uber, uber disrespectful. Yeah. to To a nation who... Who that is a very cherished space. Gave you the freedom to do what you're doing right now. Not piss on it. No. But protest. Yes. (laughs) Man, this is going to be a while untangling it. I won't be surprised if when we sit here a week from today, there are still trucks downtown. We'll see. Um, God love you. There appears to be five personal vehicles to every actual rig that rolled into town. Like characterizing this as a trucker rally. I mean, if you can drive Hyundai Tucson and be classified as a trucker, we can all be anything, right? Like shoot for the stars, folks. It's uh, you can be whatever you want to be. Where do we stand on the uh, the soccer game right now? It's all done, Matt. And and, and it's a two nothing Canada win. Hey, how about that? And and you know what? We want to talk about um and you were watching it. Um I had it on and we're talking about flag Canada flags being flown upside down on Parliament Hill and yeah. people being talking about unity, but really being divisive as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching at Tim Horton Stadium in Hamilton, you dirty Hamilton trash. But <laughs> you but did us I, proud though; they were loud. Yeah, they were, they were loud for twelve thousand. Yep. Hey, friend, of, friend of the show, AJ Jackie, down there, yep, in person, yep. Um, yeah, the 12,000 was super loud. And you have the Canadian soccer team arm in arm, belting out the national yep. anthem. The flags are flying. It was... Several skin tones in that line of arm in arm. Uh, everything, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and, and again, I am not a huge soccer fan. Like, I watched the end of the Canada-Honduras game. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, this is boring ass. (laughs) Like, there's nothing happening here. This is just like, what's happening? People are standing around, the ball's being kicked, and you're like, can somebody just blow the whistle? (laughs) What? There's five minutes of extra time? (laughs) No, forget it. It's boring. Um, 
But I love the soccer when there's action and it's going, it's, it's great. And I played it as a young kid. Mm-hmm. I have zero appreciation for it, right? I say I played it. I kick grass and, sure. and whatever. Every kid um, does, right? It's still to right. this day the most signed up for sport for kids yeah. across Canada. Um, there is great skill, all those things. But all I'm saying is to watch that, that is where you go. Sport is the great unifier. And, and, and basketball and soccer, the, the two biggest global sports, yeah. they are the sports that you look at as a Canadian and you go, yeah, hockey is my favorite sport. Sure. Hockey Day in Canada on Saturday. What a great job they did. They did. But, so- but soccer and basketball, those two sports that Canada are, are sort of emerging onto the global stage, mm-hmm. are such a diverse group of people. And, and that, is, that is maybe the real Canadian. It is on the back of an awful lot of immigrants that we are starting to excel in those sports. <laughs> Well, and, and on the back of, on the back of it, you look at Canadian soccer where you have guys with dual passports. Yeah, refugees and and we now are at a spot where those people with dual passports are saying, "Yeah, I'm not going to go back and play for for Cameroon or Nigeria." Or Nigeria. Or, yeah, I, I, I'm going to play for Canada because yep. not only do, did I grow up here, but we got we got a chance to make We're some doing noise. Shit. It is incredible, man. I, I for the longest time was exactly. And I probably still, like, if, let's not be disingenuous here. If Canada was struggling, no, I am. I'm about, like, if Canada was still struggling their way through this, I, whatever. But this has been fun, right? I've enjoyed, I watched that Honduras game on Wednesday or Thursday night, start to finish. And I, I think I said it on the show before. I think part of the fun for me is that I don't get it. And that sounds like a weird thing to say, but as a hockey fan, like, or a baseball fan, I'm, I'm kind of smug. Like, oh, I wouldn't address that guy or, oh, that's not a, I don't know what the hell to do here. So you just sit and watch the same way I watched hockey as a kid, where it's just a roller coaster and whatever happens is going to happen. And I've sort of grabbed onto this team um, when they won at Azteca down in Mexico in the last window back in November, December, and then came back up in Edmonton and had that named, nicknamed Stadio Azteca. Like, to me, that's fun. Like, it's easy. Um, They went into this window without Alfonso Davies, and you kind of wonder, all right, like, what's that going to look like? They went to Honduras, which has, for whatever reason, been a house of horrors for Canadian soccer. Haven't won since 1985. Right. Got that done. Now you come home, play in Hamilton in January. You're seeing some of the guys in sweatpants instead of the traditional shorts, right? Like, there's just something very likable about this group. Um, The goal that... uh, that Kyle Laren scored in the first half makes him the all-time leading scorer at just 26 years old in Canadian international history. Like it's, it's just been an easy group to cheer for, and and there's something about it being, as you said, that sport that the whole world plays. That's yeah. like, yeah, we're gonna go and do this. Like I, I don't know what that might mean or might not mean at the World Cup or whatever, but they've now gotten two more wins in this window. They remain atop the uh, the table. With one window left to go, they do play in El Salvador on Wednesday. Um, it, they're going to do this at this point. Like, they're going yeah, math- to the World Cup. Mathematically, they have just about achieved that yeah. goal now. There's four games to go. They were one point up on the Americans. They are now four yes. points up on the Americans, right? Depending on what the Mexicans do mm-hmm. today or tomorrow, whatever. They are. They have now pushed themselves. You know, the they're Costa the Ricans. Costa Ricans beat Panama last Thursday, whatever that, yep. like that. So 
Canada, essentially, while not mathematically, it is, they have yet to lose. They have, if they can go down to El Salvador and get any kind of result, mm-hmm. you can book your ticket for Qatar. Yeah. And, and, the, and this is a team that is... And the world is, is watching, right? The world, like Canada in 2021 as an international squad scored more goals than anybody else. Like they're doing it right. in fun fashion, right? Like it's not just grinding out the one nils. Like they'll, yeah. they'll put a couple on you. It's, well, and did you hear um, there was a clip of, I think his name's Borean, the goalie. Yep. Right? Hamilton's own. <laughs> yeah. The, the post in his track pants. Yes. Um. His his they, they gathered everybody at uh, at center field and he was speaking to the to the team after the win in Honduras. I didn't it's, see that. Ah, uh, and he was just talking. It, it's anybody who hasn't heard it should go back and listen to it because he's talking about just that that thing that we're discussing, which is the pride. And he's saying, you know, those teams that find that it factor, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we're not just a team. We're not just a bunch of sort of you know, pieces that come together, we're brothers, we're right. a country, we are all that this country represents. And Well, they showed that video of Alfonso Davies, who wasn't able to play, yeah. as uh, Jonathan David is scoring the, the 2 nil goal in Honduras, and he's losing his mind, right? Like, he's so pumped, and I don't know, there's and, something fun about this, man. It's and, and worth noting, he's watching that in Germany. Yep. Like six hours ahead of what we're watching. Yeah, it's got to be four in the morning or something. It's four in the morning over there, right? <laughs> and, and so he and he's got some. He's got a couple buddies or a buddy with him over there. I think it was his dad, actually. Yeah. They're just jacked up. Yeah. Right. And so uh, you are missing one of your best, if not your best player, for sure, to to do this. And so, yeah, I I think unlike the last time, three beer show. Nice. Um, unlike the last time Canada was in the World Cup, yeah where you just try to score a goal. Right. No, I'm not saying they're going to win a World Cup. No. But they are, they are going to, they're going as equals. Yeah. Like, let's see. Let's see what's going to happen. And, and, and it's important to me, and as a non-soccer guy, where they're talking about in the next World Cup when, you know, North America is going to yeah. co-host and they're going to expand the field. And you go, fuck it. We're not going in the back door. As yeah, I don't want to be one of the expanded. Ho- no, I'm going to. Get in. I'm going to earn my way into this shit. Front door, baby. Yes. <laughs> that's it. That's And that's that's all anybody asks, right? Yeah. It's been fun to watch. Like you said, uh, one more match in this particular window. It is on Wednesday against uh, El Salvador in El Salvador. So we'll see what that looks like. Then I believe it's March is the final window. But uh, yeah, after a win here against the U.S., things look very good for uh, Canada to return to the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, Bunch of places we could go here, man. Lots of stuff that's sort of been left on the side in favor of bigger things. But uh, I don't know. Matt Murray's sort of refound his groove. Um, we've seen Evander Kane that uh, situation get solidified. He's now an Oiler. Actually, has a goal to his name. I don't know. What caught your eye this week in the world of hockey? Well, there's a, there's a pile of things, and and really, um, I'm just going to gloss right past it, but. The Senators with, honestly, with eight guys who would be in their lineup, not in their lineup, including yeah. their top point getter and their top goal scorer. Um, I'm interested in seeing uh, what Lassie Thompson looks like. And there's been a couple of Good dynamite. Yeah. And, and you're looking at what what it looks like to have Stutzler in the middle. All these things, right? They're going to lose. 
and I want to see them be entertaining and 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 lose to Washington and Carolina in tight games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I want to see what the young guys look like. Really, is all it comes down to. Um, I'm more interested, in your opinion, Matt, in a couple of things I saw, and I, I want to get to the Evander Kane thing, but sure. we'll we'll just we'll just kick that down the road for a second here. Um, a couple of teams who have I think have surprised that we both would have got a chance to look at this weekend in Anaheim and Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, if anybody was wondering as a Senators fan, where you, where you are in the pecking order in terms of hockey day in Canada, <laughs> you go, yeah, pregame show starts at 1030. You're on at 1230, baby. Um, I, I know I, I know I rant against, not rant, but I sort of, ah, Ron McLean, but hey, kudos to Ron McLean for putting in a 13 hour and this is the second straight year it's been in the gta because they can't fly anywhere right like it's sort of like hockey day in canada again from just east of toronto (laughs) yeah uh great listen to anson carter yes i did that was awesome that uh uh he is so well spoken and um yeah a real advocate for inclusivity in 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 hockey and and so uh we're listening but i really wanted to uh to ask you having seen you would have seen Anaheim in Toronto before they were here and yeah. um and and all the talk about Detroit right and and how Nadelkovich and and how they're this young fast team and, and all that's happening down there um I just in general thoughts man I'm interested in what your takeaways from from those two teams are as sort of unexpected contenders uh, yeah I it, hmm I don't know that I have Detroit there with Anaheim in that regard, right? Slightly further back, I guess. Better than I would have expected, I guess. Is is Anaheim is interesting just because the Zegras show is in full effect, right? And the the play by play teams, the networks, they want to play that up. Uh, and he was pretty explosive, to be honest with you, in the game against Toronto. I thought that was was interesting to see. Uh, Troy Terry has cooled a little, but is still. You know, clipping along pretty well after just an ungodly start. Scored the winner in Ottawa on Saturday. Did he? Okay. I yeah. flipped that off probably back to watch, I don't know, live coverage of... Grass grow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People honking their horns loudly. Uh, yeah. It was... I I don't know, man. It, it's interesting. Gibson was great against Toronto. Uh, I believe that was one Toronto had the lead again in the third and blew it, I think, uh, but won in overtime. It's an interesting young team. I don't know that they're going to hold on. Right? Like, I assume Edmonton right. is going to, despite having a few teams to jump over, I think they will do it. And I would be surprised if Anaheim could hold on. But but with Gibson and uh, Getzlaff still looked competent enough, right? Like, at a, whatever he is. He still, he, he still distributes the puck yeah. very well. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if they make the playoffs, but I assume they will be the team that falls out if Edmonton gets it going. Uh, as for Detroit, I'm surprised that they have been as good as they have been just because they didn't, to me, the lead they had on Toronto was about Toronto playing poorly and they just don't, they, they're not, I think there's, again, there's pieces that I think Dylan Larkin might be a little bit overrated uh, but yep. more insider for his age looked incredible um, Lucas, Lucas Raymond, Raymond looked fantastic 
I don't like there's some pieces there that I think will be good, but there are still at least one away. Zadina was soft as shit. I believe he was the one responsible in front of his own net for the 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 tying goal. Uh, I can't even remember now who's, but you know, we've talked about that. I, I think as recently as last week, Zadina versus Kachuk versus Kutkanyemi. Um, you know, I was high on Zadina. He doesn't look like it. Yep. And maybe it's just a change yep. of scenery thing. We'll see. But he so far doesn't look that good. Well, and, and it's funny because, um, yeah, I watched, I recorded it because I always want to check out, see what 32 thoughts are like if I'm not yeah. watching a Leaf game or if I'm somehow relegated to a... You know, <laughs> 12.30 <nether>. start. <laughs> yeah. So um, I then find myself doing other shit. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so um, I, I watched portions of the game and I was more interested in that Toronto game um, in the third period, 4-2, four, 4-2 four, uh, wings starting that. And Mitch Marner tried his best to give that game away. <laughs> Good for him, right? He was he was working hard trying to be cute. Um, but five game goal look, scoring streak longest of his career now. Yep. Yeah, if you look at if you look at Anaheim and and the stat that I, I can just take away from most recently through their swing through uh, you know Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto, mm-hmm. in excess of 120 shots in three games, right? And they came away two zero and one, and and Troy Terry is shooting as a 25 percent shooting percentage yeah yeah like to me those two stats alone if you look at those and go troy terry has 25 goals but he's he's shooting at every fourth shot goes in yeah that's coming down not sustainable and if you continue to give up 40 shots a game guess what yeah that is not a recipe for success so on, on anaheim um while i like what they have in terms of you know, Hampus Lindholm and Drysdale looks like he's got Drysdale was terrific against Toronto. Yeah. I, yeah. He, he's got some stuff going on there. Now, I right wonder about, because Lindholm, I believe, is about to be UFA. And he may, if they're going to fall out, he may be moved on. But I keep reading that Anaheim very much interested in Chikrin. And he would drop into that spot beautifully. I think he's still got like three years left at four four two five. I think is his. Like, he would replace that quite nicely and any playoff team that could land Lindholm would be wise to do so. <laughs> yeah, no, they, the, the wings to me, I, and I think we agree kind of a step behind Anaheim here a little bit, but, uh, even Anaheim we'll see as a sort of great start falling back a little bit, but, uh, looks like a ton of young talent there. And it, like we even talk about Sam Steele and some of the other pieces I got coming. So they look pretty good too, but, uh, one thing I'm not sure at the end of the day is going to end up looking so good is uh, Evander Kane to the Oilers. Now, after night one, he's got a goal to his name already. Not the sweetest one he's ever scored in his career, but it counts. Um, I don't know, man. We we did talk, I don't know whether it was a week or two ago now, that, uh, he, yeah, that he may end up signing with the Oilers and that it may give them an extra piece in the top six to make them look a little better. That does require you to look around and ignore some of the other things he's bringing to the table. But uh, at the end of the week, they did make it official. He is a member of the Oilers. What do you think, man? Well, I think in the short term, excellent move. It's going to be it's going to be a, a plus on the ice for the Oilers. Like when you when you're able to to slide him on in on McDavid's wing, and mm-hmm. you have a, a supposed third line of 
Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, and Cassian. Like to me, Cassian, third line player, right? Don't play him up on the top line. Right. Um, it's looking good. I think it probably has train wreck in the future <laughs> written all over it. And make no mistake, right? The Oilers are not bringing this. Like Ken Holland can say, I believe in second chances mm-hmm. when this is probably fourth or fifth chance. Yeah. Um, this They're not bringing him in to help, you know, Evander Kane, the guy. They're trying to absolutely get on this, on the cheap, bringing in a talent who- They're who desperate, the, yeah. Desperate, desperate. And, and it reeks of desperation, right? And so, um, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good in the short run, but this has time bomb written all over it. So- 40 game time bomb like is it going to be a problem this season or are they going to skate and risk doing the thing that Oilers love to do and give them seven eight years and blow up later yeah you know what it's it's it likely and if I'm if I'm if I was a betting man I I say he gets through the rest of this year I, I playoffs included right I think it is a matter of if you don't get his absolute best behavior now, you never will, right? Like the, he's got to know this is his last chance. You gave up twenty plus million dollars on a contract that for a guy who declared bankruptcy, Bankrupt. and and so yeah, if you're not going to get it now, and and I don't know, did you watch the Kayla Gray interview? Yeah, he seems smug as fuck to me. I want to lop off the whole personal life thing, right? Like his issues with his, with his ex-wife and, and the, and the custody and all that. Like to me, he's been run out of three locker rooms now. Yeah. So, but if I just take the personal life stuff and go, I know how crazy shit can get in that portion of your life, Mm -hmm. lop that off. And if we look at this just in a hockey move, which is where I'm most comfortable with, uh, Yeah. You know what? He, he he said it takes two to, to dance. Well, there's only one person who is the is the common denominator in all the dances that continue to fuck up. Right. And and it's you. And to me, the fact that he he showed no contrition at all on or ownership of right. any of, of any of the issues, the hockey issues, like talking about you know, Winnipeg and Buffalo and again in, in, in San Jose. And we talked about it. You were the leading scorer on their team last year that finished in the bottom five. Mm-hmm. They remove you with no return cost or no return benefit. Just take you out of the lineup. And they are now, well, they were in a playoff spot. Like yeah. they're, they're, They're right. not worse without you. <laughs> well, and, and you just they go, might be better. Well, no, they clearly are better. And so I just think his talent, undeniable, right? Um, on the ice. I just think that this has, uh, it has a real sort of problem on the horizon feel to it. Yeah. Sometimes I have an issue with interviewers or reporters who I feel are trying intentionally to be too confrontational. And at times I have felt that way about Kayla Gray, but she stayed on him 
And when he would say something stupid, you go, what do you mean by that? Or why do you think that? And he would always just go, well, I'm not going to talk about that. Or, well, the whole thing came off every single time as, well, it's someone else's fault. Yep. And she tried to hold his feet to the fire. And in this case, rightfully so. And he was not having any of it. Just, no, you don't get it. You wouldn't understand. You don't know. And some of it, I have no doubt, the San Jose stuff is still under, you know, not investigation. They're still negotiating what that buyout is going to look like, how that's all going to, or whether there's going to have to be a buyout, these sorts of things. There are certain things I do understand him not being willing to talk about, but he just came off as smug and unlikable and like taking no responsibility for anything he's done. And then you run it out again in the press conference when he signs and he's sitting up there with Ken Holland and, um, you know, again, like just why didn't it work in these other places? Well, you'd have to ask them or whatever. You're like, yeah, but it's you. It's always yeah. you. And so I'm with you on the ice. His talent is undeniable and he will be better for the Oilers. And you could see it already with the lineup they ran out in, in Montreal. Now, Evander Kane's been playing AHLers for a while, so he was pretty comfortable playing the Habs this weekend. But <laughs> like it allows him to play with McDavid. Dry sidle to play with uh, Yamamoto, and then as you said, Hyman down with RNH. It does now look like a reasonably well balanced top nine that that yeah. could make you have to defend them differently. Uh, right. Their goaltending and defense is still awful, but they have solved one problem here on the ice. But they know they've brought a time bomb into the locker room here. Yeah, and 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 there's a couple of interest. Yeah, the whole there was three things. My takeaways from it on the hockey side of things. There, there, there are three points here. Uh, the first being his confusion over the illegality of his entrance into Canada. Yeah. And you go, yeah, you're a Canadian citizen with a valid Canadian passport. So you are allowed to enter the country. That is not the illegality of the situation. Right. It's you leaving knowingly COVID positive and getting on a flight mm-hmm. contravenes everything that's supposed to be happening right now. Right. That's the first thing that was interesting because he kept saying, I don't understand. I don't understand the illegality. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure what's happening there. I'm confused. And you're like, well, fuck, buddy. You clearly pick, are, yeah. Pick up <laughs> pick up the phone. <laughs> um, the second one was him talking about um, it, wanting to fight Jeff O'Neill. <laughs> yes, the O-Dog. That, yeah, that was uh, – and I didn't hear Jeff O'Neill's comments from Jeff O'Neill – but if anybody who hasn't seen Jeff O'Neill run the 40 meter, Hilarious. Search, search that out on YouTube. It's there. Jeff O'Neill running a 40 meter. This guy is not going to, has zero chance in terms of um, fighting. <laughs> he uh, said something along the lines of that Evander should be focused on repairing his relationship with his daughter yep. or something. And yep. it's a personal shot that whether he does or doesn't know anything about it, I have no idea, but I get why Kane would go, why don't you just shut the fuck up? Right. Like, yeah. And, and so I said three things and the, the middle thing has escaped me right at the moment. Yeah. As I was like, oh, I have no idea. I can't remember what that really want to get to the was. Jeff O'Neill running thing. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the Jeff O'Neill running thing, but also what you're talking about Kayla Gray asking him when he's like, I really wish Jeff O'Neill was still playing in the NHL. Yes. Which clearly to me and you means I want to fight I'm him. I'm going to fight that the, guy. On the ice, I want to pound his face. Yeah. And, and she said, well, why is that that you wish he was playing? And he never answered Yeah, even there, question. he's like, oh, you know. I just wish he was playing. Yeah. yeah, it would be great if he was playing. 
So, because it's the only place that I can legally, you know, pummel you know, him. <laughs> pummel him. And, and so, yeah, I just, there's. Scott so Burnside many. tore this move limb from limb on the dailyfaceoff.com last week. Uh, you should check that out if you haven't yet. Just in terms of Ken Holland being this respected GM um, who talks about character and talks about culture. And Scott Burnside basically said, you, you don't ever get to say those words again. Like with what you just knowingly brought in, the Oilers are desperate. As we talked about a minute ago, Elliot Friedman has said a few times when they were talking about goaltending and other things they might do even before Evander Kane, that missing the playoffs this year for the Oilers is not an option. When you look at the standings right now, it's very much an option. It is on the table that they could do that. But his point, of course, is that you have Dreisaitl and McDavid in the middle of these long-term contracts and you are wasting their prime again. And so he has to go out and regardless of how big a douchebag somebody might be off the ice, he's going to ignore that, make all the excuses he has to make to bring that guy in and hopefully help turn this thing around. And up front, it may do that, right? But I don't think either of us believe offense is the problem for the Oilers. The bottom half of the offense might have been, and this will help push that down a little bit, but that's not what their biggest problem is, and you may have created other problems by bringing this into your organization. Well, how does that guy get a signing bonus? Yeah. That's a, that's the thing. I'm like, what what is happening here in terms of, of was there such a, an audience clamoring for this guy that – you felt the need to give him a signing bonus? I just assumed it was something to do with the cap. Does it get pushed or does it, I, you know. Yeah, I yeah. No idea, I, but. I, but the rest of us look at it and go, what yeah. is happening there? Um, yeah, this does nothing to help them with their their Skinner problem or their <laughs> Koskinen problem, whatever that is. And you go, is it, we're going to roll in with a, you know, a 5.05 goals against average into the playoffs? Right. If you make it there. And I got and, Connor now stepping out in front of the media having to defend this guy. or And his answers all the way through this have been unsatisfactory, right? In terms of people have not been impressed with how he's handled this. And he said, like, you know, fans, their opinions doesn't matter. Like, if this can help us on the ice, you go, that's not the answer you wanted to give, man. Like, fans' opinions, unfortunately, right now do matter. And yep, it's, yep. it's a different world. And, uh, but I mean, uh, this is, we talked a week or two ago about Dreisaitl having to answer f- when it wasn't his problem. And now you've got Connor answering for something that wasn't his decision. Uh, and you've put everybody in a bad situation. So, well, you and I are both on the record with saying, yeah, I, I don't think they have the leadership. Like you can talk about Duncan Keith, who comes from an, a, a, a team that mm. clearly, <laughs> Yeah, clearly had some dysfunction, right? That that was that was at the heart of of championships. Yep. Um, that we all looked at and went, "Wow, solid, great leadership there." Eesh, Apparently not. not. Right, and so you now have Duncan Keith as really the the elder statesman there, with a group that is battling a variety of issues. And so I I don't think this is the locker room. And we talked about this two weeks ago. Right, this isn't like going into Pittsburgh or Boston, where you do have legit established leadership. Or even let's throw um, a place like the Island, right, with Chara and whatever else, or Ovi and and the group in in Washington. Right, or someone can turn around and say to that guy, "Shut up." 
right? Yeah. You're a piece here. You are not the guy here. Oh, okay. And and this is where this is the, the other piece of the, the 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 San Jose issue that that I had sort of slipped my mind was when he talked about the assistant coach coming in with no shirt, wanting to fight him. Yeah. And and you really just need to look at the at the coaching staff and go. <laughs> That's got to be Rocky Thompson or John Madden. Like who? Who else is this? Right in yeah. terms of and and of those I just two assume guys, it's John Madden. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, I assumed it was Rocky. Okay, Thompson. there you go. <laughs> um, who Who is a guy who played a rough and tumble style of game? Um, John Madden, though, always a good organizational guy. I guess it could be whatever, but uh, yeah, oh, yeah, but we don't know. No, and, we don't. And, and I don't. But and, either way, a coach I, wanted to fight you. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you go. Not only do you have this player issue, but you now have whatever you said, and you're not willing to divulge in a meeting. You're like, I've been in a pile of meetings, both sporting and business wise. Yeah. And I've said a pile of crazy shit. And now, you know what? Maybe people wanted to fight me, but <laughs> but I've never been fought or I've never been challenged to a fight in a meeting that I was trying right. to better. Yeah. Right? Like I was looking to actively Go and tore their shirt off and came across the, the conference room. <laughs> well, and then started flexing. I yeah. mean, like, it's, it's, again, I, I put that in both my work environment and a sporting environment. Like, yeah. I'm not sure. So those are, that was the third thing that came out of that. But that to me is, is when you look at an environment to go into, when it's, it's fine. I've been in locker rooms where players have challenged other players. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and I have physically challenged other players. That's fine. You know, you, you get it down. You're like, fuck you, fuck you. You know, two people working towards something in a physical environment, but to have a coach say, you know what, buddy, you're a, I don't go in for that. It's, it's, it's telling, is telling that that is where that ends up. I just, as you say, like I move it ahead to Edmonton and look at that locker room and go, there is no indication there at all that that's a stable group, that that right. is, uh, you know, that has a leadership core that can reel him in. But at the same time, he has to know if he's getting another contract after this year, this has to work. You're going to be playing in maybe the most envious piece of real real estate in the league yeah. on the wing with Connor McDavid. You better shut up and do your job and do it controversy free if you want to get another contract at the end of the season, whether it be from Edmonton or someone else. If he cannot complete this season in playoffs without incident in Edmonton, that's it. It's over. And you know, there's I, I think part of the contract was a no move clause like people were must have been falling all over themselves to get him I I have no idea what that looked like either Um, I don't like it man I I think I think the others are struggling enough I think this is a distraction they didn't need I do think he can help them on the ice but the the bombs they're going to take off of the ice for it I'm not sure it was worthwhile and let's just put let's just put a cap on this with as you've said the guy is Closing in on 30 years old. Yep. He's not a young kid anymore. And, and so the very fact that he is not willing to own up to any part yeah. of those of those Every question decisions. was asked. It was someone else's fault. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so to me, that is the, the most telling tale that you don't have somebody who's willing to say, yeah, man, that happened to 
I, my, you know, my part was youthful immaturity and blah, 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 right. whatever it is. Or I said own, something stupid or I yep. missed this or I showed up late to it. Nope, nope, nope. Right. And so to me, the lack of ownership at the, at the almost age of 30 is not a good sign and, and shows. I'm both in the interview and the press conference. Yep. No contrition either. Just smug. I'm not going to answer that. I don't feel like that. You should ask so-and-so that. I come in with a smile and uh, just happy to be here, glad to be an oiler, all that's in the past. All the bullshit that we would shit on anyway, but that at least is the guy being team first, none of it. None of it showed well, up, man. And, and to me, the only thing is, and, and he has said a bunch of times, well, there's things I say that don't get picked up in the media, yeah. right? People ignore this. Me and, too. And, and, and Yeah. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. God. <laughs> Kay, Kayla Gray said, why did you choose me to do this interview? Mm -hmm. And he never really answered that question either, right? He, he didn't, he said, you know, we've had interactions, but he never talked about, you know, I feel like we have a rapport or nope. I feel like, uh, I feel like you as a person of color will ask me fair questions. The right questions, yeah. Whether it's right or wrong. He never even said that. And right. so... But to me, she asked that question yep. and he never answered it. And so to me, it's, it's very telling on all fronts, right? It's, it's more of this. Now you can't even tell somebody else. Oh, I feel like I'm being misrepresented. Right. I think you would do a good interview that for my flaws and my benefits would bring everything. To, you can't even say just nothing like. Nope. So trouble on the road ahead. Sounds like the name of a Neil Young album that you will not hear on Spotify moving forward. Um, <laughs> it is an interesting time, man. As we sit here right now, uh, Neil Young has basically, uh, he sent a letter to Spotify saying, I think you got a problem with your Joe Rogan podcast. And uh, I don't like, in, in, in Neil Young's opinion, uh, this is sort of loosely quoting or paraphrasing, that... He believes Joe Rogan has too many guests on who misrepresent the vaccine, give dangerous, unfounded medical advice. Uh, he's just not thrilled with, uh, with Joe Rogan in general. And he says, you can have Neil Young or you can have Joe Rogan, but you can't have both. Spotify replied, said, sorry to hear that. Hope you'll come back someday and uh, kept Joe Rogan. Uh, over the next couple days, we started to see other artists come forward you haven't seen like a like taylor swift could come forward tomorrow and say done with joe rogan and joe rogan would be done um that hasn't happened but you have seen other artists sort of line up and, and support neil young but nothing yet that has really drastically changed spotify's opinion uh spotify it should be noted has a an exclusive deal with Joe Rogan to host his podcast. You cannot hear it on any other podcast platform anymore. You have to hear it on Spotify. They paid him a hundred million dollars to make that happen. So that investment has already been made. They're not likely to give that up particularly easily, but at the same time, Neil Young has the right to go. Then no, I don't want to put my music here. And, um, that will cost him. He says something like 60% of his international yep. streaming, uh, profits. It's an interesting battle, man. It's sort of a, you know, where I want to see my music versus Joe Rogan's right to free speech versus kind of Spotify's right to, you know, run a business and, and make money however they see fit. What'd you take away from it? 
Uh, Neil Young, to me, this is, if we want to double back to the very beginning of the show, with uh, your right to protest, your right to freedom of speech, and to do it in a way that is legal. Yeah, Neil Young's got a 55-year music career, right? He's made a pile of dough. Yep. He's doing fine, and he and he's willing to sacrifice 60% of his current income mm-hmm. to say, yeah, man, I don't agree with that. And if you don't make changes, you don't play me. I'm pulling my catalog. Yeah, right. And 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 Spotify's like, okay, you have 2.3 million people who are sort of following yep. or, and you go, yep. Whereas there's 12 million people downloading each Joe Rogan experience podcast. Yep. Guess what? I go, uh, bean counter. What do you think? Neil Young, you're out. Especially so, with a hundred million already pre-sunk into Joe yep, Rogan. Yeah. Like yep, this wasn't yep. even a question for Spotify. Um, I, I wish, I wish I didn't just sign on with Spotify and start to build my library. <laughs> um, but the reality is that being said, I don't get the Joe Rogan thing. I like Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, I, he does a great job as a, as a, as a color guy on the UFC. Right. Uh, super knowledgeable. I don't get all his podcast, right? In terms of, but if you listen to it and if that's the only place, he's like the podcast Wikipedia. It, you got to take everything you get on there with a grain of salt, man. And if Joe Rogan is your only source of information, you're a bit of a yeah, lacking. I agree with that completely. To be honest with you, I, I know I'm musically far more into Neil Young than you are. Neil Young has the right to go, I'm uncomfortable with what else you're selling, so I don't want to be here, as you said. And, and they can yeah. go, okay, we're making a choice here, a business decision. Joe Rogan at this point in time is worth more than you. See ya. And then we did see... There was a large drop. I don't imagine it sticks, but in the stock price of Spotify dropped like 25%. Yeah, it was a big drop. I don't imagine it stays, but they're getting shit on all over the place right now. So that's how the market works, right? They've gone down. It has hurt them. He has put a sting into them. Uh, I imagine that they recover. But that, in terms of free speech, in terms of capitalism, in terms of where all these things meet, that's how they should work. If I love Neil Young and I was a Spotify subscriber, I'd go, okay, well, then I'm going to leave and go somewhere that has Neil Young. Right now, I'm not a Spotify guy. I was already in Apple Music. And you have seen, quite frankly, brilliantly since then, like Apple Music ran an online uh, promotion afterwards, saying, you know, the home of Neil Young on streaming music. And uh, Sirius XM has reinstated what had already become a defunct Neil Young station. It's back up and running. Like they're now everybody's jumping in and trying to grab the, the Neil Young crowd. And that's, that's how this works. Neil gets to do that. Listeners get to do that. And Spotify gets to say, we're fine with that trade off, but it is interesting to see the amount of attention that it has drawn. It's not a free speech thing. Neil is not trying. Like people keep saying, Neil Young's supposed to be the guy, right? He always wanted cancel culture, right? And and you know you got to be able to have free speech. He didn't say cancel Joe Rogan. He said I don't want to be where Joe Rogan is. Yep. And then left it in Spotify's hand. And as a business, I don't think anyone's shocked the decision that Spotify made. Right. No, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Yeah. That 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 Neil Young is able to say, 
I disagree. Too, yeah, I, I totally disagree. And and he's in a position to do it, right? The reality is, they're gonna they they would rather Neil Young stayed. Yes, but he's not he's breaking not, their business. He's not Drake. He's not the weekend. That's he's right. not Taylor Swift. Right. He's not Bieber. He's not Dua Leap or whatever that is. BTS. Right? Yeah. BTS, man. <laughs> Give me some of that sweet, you know, K-pop action. Um, but yeah, those artists who are making millions, right? Yep. They're they're not willing to to sort of go, yeah, man, I agree with that, right? Um but- it's interesting just because I think one of the things that a lot of people don't know about Neil Young, when he was born in the 50s, before there was a vaccine for it, he had polio. He had to relearn how to move and walk and do all these things. The guy is a vaccine guy, right? And so he would be, and he has kids who have a couple of uh, of disabilities as well. This is a guy who takes medical science pretty seriously. And so you're right. Like, look, I, there are times I love, I love Joe Rogan when I buy a UFC pay-per-view. He is yep. so good at his job. There are times I've listened to his podcast and I used to listen to it a lot. And I go, that thing you just said is crazy as shit. That has no basis in reality. Right. He will tell you and his Hardcore fans will tell you, you know, everyone deserves an outlet. The the thing about Joe Rogan is he lets anyone come on and talk. That's free speech. All that stuff is fine. I kind of enjoyed listening, be a year ago, maybe a little more than that. He had Miley Cyrus on. They just got high the whole time and talked about stupid shit. To me, I enjoy that show. And I yep. trust myself and my own filter enough to go, hey, that other thing you said, that's, that's shit, right? Yep. As you said, though, lots of people don't have that filter or just assume whatever is on Rogan is correct because he has so many listeners. It must be right. You to get right. there, you'd have, but no, as long as he's going to, and, and a, a part of this is also, it sounds silly. He used to live in Los Angeles and now he lives in Austin, Texas. I think he's having a harder time getting Miley Cyrus to drop by or the huge stars that used to appear on his show just to shoot the shit. It's harder when you're not in Hollywood right now you got to get somebody to come to Austin, Texas and yeah, maybe you get a slightly lower class of guests dropping by more often. Austin is, Austin is a super interesting area, right? It is musically and musically. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Artistically it is, it's got a great craft beer scene. Yep. Like Austin is, is a sort of an interesting part. But it's not Hollywood. Yeah, for sure it is not. For guests, and, just being in the neighborhood. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep. And if you listen to him, right, and he'll say as much, right? Hey, man, we drink and get smashed and smoke a pile of dope. That's what the show is. He's like, I say stupid shit. So everybody has to understand that, right? That that is what you listen to, mm-hmm. right? I, would I think our listeners do. <laughs> Well, this is it, man. And and I would hope that that's the case on any front, right? I heard this here. Like to me, I, I'm on Wikipedia on the regular. Yep, sure. It's a starting point. Yes. You move elsewhere afterwards and you go, is that true? Is this true? Is this true? And you, you cite it with various sources. Yeah. Uh, same with here, right? You go, Rob, man, that guy's full of shit. That thing he I do there, go that, yes. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but that's the beauty of this show. Yeah. Right? Is is we don't always agree. And so 
you bring different differing views. And so if Rogan is good that way, and I do agree, there's a pile of shit said on there, but it's a starting point. It's a conversation. And that's how you need to take it. Yeah, I just think he, he's he's opened the door to a lot of people that I, I don't want to see Joe Rogan shut down. I don't want to see Joe Rogan canceled. I don't want to what, but I do think he absolutely has brought some guests on that have opened him up to a pile of criticism. Uh, he has said himself some crazy shit about the fact that he's healthy will protect yeah. him from COVID, yeah. and uh, there's a bunch of shit. Well. Uh, and the this thing, is the, the thing, thing we saw about a year ago, maybe a little less than that. I can't remember now. There was a different controversy where Spotify pulled one of his episodes and everyone was furious that that was shutting Joe Rogan down. And that was Spotify's decision. When you take a hundred million dollars from somebody, you are no longer an independent contractor. You are no longer running your own show. You are an employee now. Yeah. And he took shit for that. And, and so, yeah, there's no surprise that Spotify is now siding with him because they have spent this hundred million dollars and, and Neil Young wouldn't be bringing it anywhere near as much as that. You wouldn't, you would need to see some big stars line up against them. And that hasn't happened. And we just are at a point where look, there's a pile of dangerous shit on YouTube or on Apple podcasts or what they just don't have as big of a name. Right. And so it's easy to go. I don't want to be where Joe Rogan is. But you can go to Steve Bannon's podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever you want, right? Like, yeah. it's not like Apple is suddenly clean. It's just yep. not involved in this particular controversy. Correct. And, and and it is it is worth worth noting that yeah, nobody's asking for that. But you are you are asking for, you know, those things where you say it's okay to take, you know, he's like I'm I'm so, I'm testosterone supplements and yeah. and and every other supplement out the yin yang that's going to help me and he says right in that same thing he's like yeah once they say you know it's not just about you it's about the transmission and the mutation of the of the virus mm-hmm. he's like yeah well start selling that and you're like yeah okay but all your all your listeners who are only hearing the, they're not hearing the butt. No. They're, they're hearing that I'm healthy. I don't need to take the, the vaccine. Right. Not and the, you're not as healthy as Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> the vast majority, not. No. And, and you go, yeah. And you people who go, yeah, it's, it's how the, the virus, once you get it and it mutates through you, he's like, that makes way better sense. But most of your listeners have tuned out by that point. And so people hear what they want to hear. When you have millions of listeners, you have a responsibility to give them the best info, not all info, the best info. Yeah. And I guess, you know, does he believe that's what he's doing or is he just... No, I want open voices, open conversation for everything. I, it's it's complicated. I think this story, to be honest with you, we're going to see more of it. But at the same time, I don't think Spotify was wrong. I don't think Neil Young was wrong. And I don't think Joe Rogan was wrong. I think we're going to run into this from time to time where people just go, yeah, no, I don't agree with that. And the platform gets to go, well, then see ya. I, right. That's it. And, 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 and I agree. At the end of the day, that's what this is. Whether you agree or disagree with Joe Rogan, 
that's to me, it's neither here nor there. Right. I I don't listen to him personally, but I think I think what he's doing is clearly of interest. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't listen to it, but I also see the idea that Neil Young's like, yeah, man, I I'm in a spot where I don't need the money because clearly other artists who are going, man, I I haven't made my Neil Young money. Right. I gotta have. I got to be distributed. I get it. And so they're like, but Neil Young's like, you know what? I've made my cash. I don't need that. And I don't want to be involved with that. So peace out. Yeah. And, and and I, so, go ahead. No, I just say, I'm just saying I, I recognize and, and appreciate both sides of the argument. And I come down on Neil's side. All right. I, it, it's for me, it's I, when I see that he has uh, a scientist or a doctor or whatever, I'm really not that interested because that's not where I want to get my perspective on this shit. But when I see that he has a musician I like or an actor, I don't know, a year ago he had The Undertaker on. I'm like, that'll be cool. Like, The Undertaker doesn't talk out of character on a... I trust myself to sort through what's shit and what's the same way I do anywhere else. And if you don't have that same trust in yourself or you do have to also listen to the ones where he's having his weird ass like he had uh what's his name jordan peterson whatever the canadian bullshit artist here last week and you're like i'm not listening to that that's gonna be full of shit i it, and so yeah. you just have to have a bit of a filter and i guess not everybody does and for a while that's gonna be a problem well and it's like anything else right it's like listening to fox news yep right it's sometimes interesting to listen to go Oh my God, that's... I out- see what the problem is. <laughs> that's outrageous <laughs> bullshit. Like they're showing, about, they're showing, you know, kids eating their lunches outside of schools and going, this is what vaccines are doing to our kids. <laughs> and lockdowns, and you're like, these kids eating out of a lunchbox out in the fucking freezing cold. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, all right. I, I'm not I, sure this is completely representative. Yeah, of- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Abortions and kids eating lunch in a snowbank. That is the problem with the Democrats. Yep. And you go, all right. But again, you have to be aware of everything and you just sort of go. Yeah. If that's going to be your only source of input, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. And and this is what happens when you take all your, your info and your resources in a vacuum, right, man? Read as much shit as you can. Take in a varied amount of info. That's the only way, man, to thrive and survive. Be informed. Well, let me say, as we wind this one down, something I'm sure you haven't heard a whole lot of times. This has been a long one, and uh, we'll, we'll end things here. Maybe you have. Maybe. Yeah. Length has never been the issue. <laughs> or should I say? Uh, not never. never. <laughs> uh, but as thick as a puck. Yeah, sure. Uh, we'll wind this one down here. Don't forget, on Wednesday morning... Assuming I don't hear from her legal team between now and then. <laughs> Cheryl Pounder will be on the podcast. We will talk about the upcoming Olympic hockey tournament, plus uh, her own uh, transition from playing into uh, into broadcasting. So that'll be interesting. Like I said, Michaela is also going to return during the Olympics. We'll do a couple of shows uh, midweek as the Olympics roll on. And next week, Maddie Lang, as we get set for the Super Bowl. Lots of great shit to come, man. It'll be interesting to see what Maddie has to say since his Patriots or his super fandom, super boyfriend. May or may Brady. not have retired. We don't know, yeah. right? And, and so we'll see, you know, this is a guy who's likely his dreams and aspirations have been crushed. So <clears throat> I'm sure Matt Robinson will do his best to coax out of 
Matty Lang what he can, but um, I'll do my best, man. We'll, yep. we'll see yep. what uh, well, that all looks like. This is as I've, as I've we pro- see. I've, I've probably just sold the show, but yeah. Matty knows his shit. Listen for that. And as we sit here now, we're uh, you know we're getting ready to set the matchup, right? So by the time everybody hears this Monday morning, you'll know what that Super Bowl is going to look like. So uh, Matty Lang will be here, like I said, next week to help us get ready for that. Uh, you and I will wind this one down, and, and I'm sure go take a look at at how all that's going to play. It's going to be hard to compare to last Sunday, uh, but uh, but we'll see. Um, in the meantime, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. I hope you'll subscribe wherever you're listening right now. If you work downtown, hope you've had a good commute Monday morning. Hope things weren't too rambunctious. Uh, hope there weren't too many horns going off. Uh, hope we're not still talking about that next Sunday. If we are, whatever. Chuck's got shit to say. We will see you then. For Rob, my name's Matt. We'll catch you next time. See ya. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.